The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified. Before we get started this morning, I'd like to remember my friend David Sullivan, he was um, a private investigator in San Francisco and one of the few private investigators who has ever infiltrated cults. And when I mean infiltrated cults, he actually lived inside as a cult member to gather information about these cults. So if you're interested in David, he spoke about the, his involvement with investigating cults on PIC Classified December 1st, 2011. It's entitled Investigating Cults. And if you go to Voice America, one word, slash PIC Classified, all one word, uh, you can pull up that show on December 1st, 2011. Um, he'll be missed. He was a really good guy and a really good investigator. So um, today we're going to talk about keeping children safe. No one would deny that keeping children safe is important. The safety of children really become the responsibility for all of us, doesn't it? Whether you're a neighbor, a friend, a family member, a professional, like a teacher or a um, other person that's charged with protecting children, it still falls really on all of us to take steps to protect those children surrounding us. So it's and it's so difficult for us parents and grandparents not to get paranoid with the perceived dangers that are just looking everywhere. And today's Halloween, so this is appropriate for today. Joining me today is Georgia native and private investigator Robin Martinelli. Hi Robin. Hi, how are you? Thank welcome. I appreciate you being here. Robin says there are measures we can implement to safeguard a child's welfare. She's president of the Martinelli Investigations Incorporated. She hails from three generations of private investigators. She's married to a police officer, and she served in law enforcement herself and spent years as a process server. But 17 years ago, she founded her private investigation agency. She's also the founding officer, past president, and former secretary of the Georgia Association of Professional Process Servers. She's a member of the Georgia Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, National Association of Professional Process Servers. And so she's with us here today just to talk about her viewpoint of keeping children safe and giving us uh, tips. So how are you, Robin? I am good today. Uh, Georgia weather is wonderful today. How's California? 
Georgia weather's good. I'm glad to hear that. California is good, but you know, it's it is uh fall here and it is chilly. We're not used to that. You know, we have no blood here. Uh so our blood isn't thick enough to survive <laughs> when it gets below, you know, like 50 degrees. But um uh-huh. we're doing well. So, um first of all, Robin, how did you decide? I mean, you came out of a law enforcement background. You were a pro- evidently a successful process server. How did you decide to become a private investigator? Well, I appreciate that a question. Um, the number one reason why I wanted to be an entrepreneur and do private investigation is I was a female. And unfortunately, but fortunately, as a single parent at 21, I had to get my child support papers served. Mm-hmm. And they were not getting served. So I turned around one day and said, I can do this myself. So I opened up Coleman and Associates, which is named after my son and my mom's maiden name. And as I was serving papers, um, people kept asking me, well, Robin, I need you to investigate. I need you to investigate. And our laws here are very strict with licensing. So in 2003, when I, um, I was doing individual investigations in the 90s, but opened up my firm with my husband, um, Doug Martinelli. He is a police officer. So he helps out at the company. My family helps out. My former law enforcement career was when my son was very small and I was a sheriff's deputy. And I got to see the other end of law enforcement with uh, being a sheriff's deputy of Georgia. And I enjoyed that with early 90s, too. But I really enjoyed being a female private investigator in the South with an Italian name. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> and, and because you're a female in the South, I'm sure that you can just pull out those feminine wiles and really get yourself in places that other people couldn't get into. Yes, I can do that in Georgia. And what's good about Georgia is we're able to record undercover um, with a one-party state. So that really helps uh, getting in and out of places. But being a female, it helps a lot. But I usually go straight to social media before I start an investigation. So... Um, I just really enjoy it. I, I think I have some motherly instincts and some intuitions as far as a female. I was born and raised here in Georgia. We have 159 counties, and sometimes it's confusing, but I really, really enjoy being a PI. Oh, that's, that's great. Uh, so, does you, so you mentioned your husband is involved in the company um, to a degree or oversight. Does he have any conflict with being a police officer and being involved in a private investigation company? Well, he just retired, <clears throat> excuse me, from uh, Gwinnett County Police Department after, and Atlanta PD after 32 years. So he's a retired police officer. And what he did was, I said, honey, you can, you know, work with the company or do what you want to do. I think he got a little bored. So now he works at Georgia Perimeter as a police officer there for Georgia Perimeter. So he's able to serve some papers and he helps keep my books and he thinks for me and he's my better half and you know, he just does really great. Is there a conflict? Um, no, because the school is very secluded. So, and he doesn't like to work criminal cases and surveillance with me anyway. He mainly just does papers and keeps the book and makes sure I'm happy. And, and your daughter is involved. She's a private investigator as, as well. You have an all-female staff. Yes, I, except for my son. I mean, my mom is a private investigator. I'm a private oh, investigator. Is. And my oldest daughter, Christy and Coleman and Kelly. Christy is uh, now applying and almost finished with Decatur Police Department. So um, she will not be doing much more with the PI uh, end of it, but still keeping her licensing. My son is working full-time as a PI with us. And then my daughter, she's 19, Kelly, 
she is in the Army Reserves, and she does surveillance and investigation during the day with me. And you guys, I know you guys have been all on uh, Geraldo and some of the other uh, programs. Uh, how did that ha- come about? Well, Christy was uh, 18, 17 going on 18, my oldest, and I had, got, I had an accident, and the company needed to be ran. And she goes, well, I really don't want to work at McDonald's, so why don't I help you serve some papers or run in the company? And I'm like, okay, if you think you can do it. And she was very successful, and there was a horse that died, Barbados, on a Tuesday in Georgia, and uh, somebody had noticed that she was serving papers, so the Atlanta Journal-Constitution called me, and it was a big paper because the horse had just died, and she was on the cover, too. So ever since then, I guess 2005, 2006, she has been named one of the youngest private investigators in the world, but there's no statistics to it. She's just been, she started out very young. Well, it sounds like, uh, let's see, how many people, let's see, one, two, three, how many people in your family are private investigators? Five? Did I count well, five my, or yes, six? Five. Yes, ma'am, five. Yeah, Doug doesn't have his PI license yet, but he is part of the company. So okay. it's five. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sounds like a perfect subject for a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, well, that's in the works, too, you know. I just can't talk about it. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, it sounds like, uh, it, sounds like it would be fun. All right, so... Um, so you have an all-female staff, which um, mm-hmm. I know to other agencies across the country have tried to do that periodically, but you've actually accomplished that, except for your son. Uh, does, yeah, does, so, he, does he feel a little out of sync <laughs> with all these women yeah, PIs? Yeah. Um, when we're, yes, when we're working cases, I mean, occasionally I bring in other subcontractors for uh, males for um, outskirts of Atlanta. Um, we've just added two more. So... I know that the females, Rebecca and me, can get into restaurants and grocery stores and, and, and do things that sometimes the males can't. That's not to say they can't be successful, but it's, they're less likely going to not look at the male. And then it's successful for service of process because, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got a female knocking on your door, especially tonight, you know, it's, it's good. People usually come to the door and want to know what a female is doing there uh, opposed to a male. Exactly. But, um, Right, so, so it, it's fun. So what kind of work do you, uh, what's your main focus of your agency? The, I have three main focuses. Uh, one is surveillance on environmental custody and adultery affairs, meaning if you want custody of your children. Here in the state of Georgia, we don't just film the adulterous. We also film, we take trash, we you know, film if the child's home alone. Um, it's almost like, <clears throat> excuse me, an environmental investigation. So get school records, um, you know, social media records, and then we also do criminal defense work, uh, court-appointed, and then we serve a lot of papers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are the main goals. Okay. All right. So do you, do you ever feel any kind of a conflict in what you do versus... Um, what you think should be done? I mean, you ever have that conflict of mm, maybe I shouldn't be doing this or this doesn't feel real comfortable? Well, I, I, I feel like I have a, a sixth sense in knowing or trying to understand um, what's going on in a situation. Um, you know, if we feel uncomfortable with something, because, uh, you know, we're allowed to put trackers on in the state of Georgia, if we feel uncomfortable, <clears throat> we just uh, pull off. Mm-hmm. So we've not been in any situation yet that is uncomfortable. I think sometimes um, 
the courts or the attorneys request a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I don't understand how much it costs, but um, I mean, we're, we have rural, backward chickens, cows, you know, in the other part of Atlanta, <laughs> and, and then, then you've got downtown Atlanta. So uh-huh. you know, with this, with the the huge buildings, so it's 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 difficult. You've got two eighty five, seventy five, eighty five. I mean, everybody's jam packed. So we have this peach path that we can go in HOV lane. But my state is complicated because we do have so many sheriffs. And as far as conflict, mm, I mean, I do talk to the police about my court-appointed cases, and and for the most part, they've been pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about you're talking about interviewing them, not getting inside information, right? Um, well, well, if I have a criminal case of like an aggravated assault or something or an accident, normally I will reach out to the police officer, and nine times out of ten, they will sit down and talk with me. Mm-hmm about the situation. If they don't want to talk, I don't bother them. I don't know if that helps that we have law enforcement in the family or not, but, um, you know, my husband's name is pretty well known around my county as being a really good cop, so uh, that that never hurts. I'm sure that would make a difference for sure. Well, it's a lot different out in other, you know, other states. So certainly in California, the laws are much, much different than what you're talking about. Uh, uh, many of the things that you're talking about would not be appropriate here and where we are, where I am anyway. And I, and I, I don't have knowledge of other states, but I'm sure that's probably true in other states as well. Yes, I, I know that I know what's different in New York and California as far as electronic devices and stuff like that. Um, we just don't have law set precedents for it. But, you know, nine times out of ten, you can get on the computer and find out where people are, who they're with, because their smartphones connecting to their social media that will come up right. on their Twitter. So all of that is, you know, done first. That's but, true. Um, yeah, always, always don't do anything. We can't get tag information here. I have people call me from Colorado and stuff. and like, no, it's against the law to get tag information. And, okay. Um, so we need to take a, Robin, we need to take a quick break. Okay? okay. Hold on just a second. That was Charge of Private Investigator Robert Martinelli. We'll be right back after the break. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. one 472 5787 That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. 
Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Robin Martinelli, a private investigator from the state of Georgia, is here with us today. We're going to talk about... uh, Ways to keep our children safe. And Robin, you have all kinds of ideas on this. So what what would you say is the number one? Number one would probably be somebody in the group needs to have a cell phone. Mm. Interesting. Yes, because obviously you need a, a flashlight and you might need something for the child. But if there's, you know... That's why, like an older group going with a younger group, somebody needs to have a cell phone. So, so you're talking about specifically for Halloween? Specifically for Halloween, yes. Yeah. Okay. Because if they're in an area that where they need help or something, you need them to be able to get in touch with them. And even if the child is young, you can go to Walmart or some of these other outlets and get a phone that just calls mom, no social media, and calls 911. So obviously everybody needs that and also supervision of some type, and always a buddy with you. Don't, don't ever send an 11-, 12-year-old out by themselves. You know, you usually need a buddy with you. And uh, it's always, you always remember, I'm sure you remember when we were little, to, to check the candy. Right, right. So that's always still a, a, an issue, to always check the candy. Um, also, some things everybody has to be alarmed about now is that... When you go to a house and the lights are all out and there's no lighting whatsoever, that's usually a deterrent to say, we're not doing Halloween. Mm -hmm. But then also you'll have big posters that are sometimes put on houses because of the sex registry offender list is part of their sentencing that they have to put a note on the door saying, please do not approach the property. Well, in my eyes, if there's any type of note on the door, just go to the next house if you're trick-or-treating because... I don't. I, I don't think that note could be anything that's not you know good for being near the child or anything with the child. Now I don't know. So. I don't know how widespread that is, uh, Robin. Uh, I don't believe that that exists in California. It may, but I haven't heard about it before. I guess that's true in Georgia. Well, some jurisdictions have it. Some don't. Yeah. So um, usually, any type of note says, "Do not come to my house," or it's, it's just not. A, a good thing. Maybe there's an ailment in the home. You know, I've seen that before too. So mm-hmm. it's just not. It's just a good idea just to pass that house up. And now, then, of you, course, it, yes, you, everybody. You, I'm sorry. I'm go sorry. ahead. I'm sorry. You had mentioned uh, not letting 11 and 12 year olds go out unsupervised. What age do you think somebody could go out and without supervision? Uh, my personal opinion: they would have to be 15 and above. Mm-hmm. Only okay. because, you know, 12, 13, 14, uh, you know, 15 and above is a little bit more mature and not go far away from the home. Um, I just think 15 and above, even 16 and above. Um, yeah. 
you know, and it might not be a good idea to just send them out alone. I mean, if they go with an adult in a vehicle, then they can get out of a place very quickly, and we all need to be mindful of animals. Mm-hmm. You know, an- animals, you know, can sense us and come out running out and doing more things than sometimes a human, so we always have to be mindful of everybody's, you know, dogs and stuff and not be so hovering over the door. Um, For sure. So as far as, you know, safety issues, too, you don't want your children to put on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or Pinterest, or anything, Facebook, to say where they're going to trick-or-treat at. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that doesn't, you know, the, the whole neighborhood's going to Second Street, at, you know, that doesn't need to be said for fear mm-hmm. of anything that could happen at that moment. So it's never a good idea to leave a footprint in social media of where you're going or where you have been or, or where you're going to go. Well, and along that same line, um, you do uh, strongly recommend that that parents, grandparents, or whoever the guardian is, always um, monitor their all of their social media accounts, their Facebook, their YouTube, Twitter, all of those things, right? Oh, absolutely. There are absolute horror, horror stories out there of children getting getting on Craigslist or other things and and not knowing that they're who they're talking to because they're getting catfished and next thing you know they're meeting somebody at a mall and they're actually you know kidnapped or something happens to them they're taken to a place and you know nobody ever knows where they're going and they're usually like now, home so how did, take to. so how did you monitor your kids when they were growing up robin how did how did you monitor their their social media and their computer access and all those things you really want to know? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I put trackers on all their cars. Um, you know, we had their phone accounts. You know, it, it was difficult, I think, for the kids to be raised by a police officer husband and a PI mom. Because mm-hmm. the, kids, the kids would say, you know, I'm not real. Dad's kind of uh, nonchalant, but mom, mom's going to know where we're at and what we're doing. So just know that. So, um, you know, I never felt like they did anything out of line. It was just... Uh, a fear, I guess, maybe they thought I would be tracking them or not. Um, you know, as far as social media, to this day, I, I have not been blocked from any of their social media. So I know mm-hmm. that a child wants their privacy. I, I agree. And if I agree, I'm not going to snoop much on the Facebook and their accounts, you know, especially when they were younger. Then we also agree that, you know, if there's something in danger, I'm going to know about it because I want to see it, along with, if the child goes missing, the number one thing everybody looks at is their Facebook and what's mm-hmm. going on with their Facebook. You know, so although I know Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and others are outlets for the children and to talk, you know, sometimes way too much information can be harmful to the whole household. You know, me and Sally are going on vacation in two weeks. And they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, we know where you live now, so let's see if we can mm-hmm. go rob the house. Right, so, right. Yeah. So did and you... I'll, so. At your house, did you have uh, one central computer, or were the computers in your kids' rooms? How did you do that? Well, my kids are near their 20s, so um, yes, we only had one computer, and they shared it, and so we had time on the computer. Of course, they had to get their projects done, too. Later in age, they did get their own laptops, um, mm-hmm. but, but I, they didn't get their laptop until probably in their late teens, early 20s. But yes, we only have one. We only had one computer, and I would be able to look on and see what's going on with the computer. I just thought well, that was important, not just so much for the kids, but who is invading to them, who is who is trying to talk to them. 
So, um, but normally I wouldn't tell them what I was doing. I'd just do it because that is my house and I am mom. Mm-hmm. That's so. it. I am mom, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yes. Uh, so I have another a question about uh, cell phones. How old do you think a child should be when they get their own cell phone? I believe that a child as early as maybe six, seven, or eight needs a phone that only calls mom and dad in 911. Hmm. Only because the issues in schools that we have now are not the issues that I had growing up. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I know that people disagree with a six, seven, eight year old having a phone, a small little phone, like a throwaway phone is 30 bucks, but let's say, you know, it's in their backpack and they've been taken or something's happened to them, you know, law enforcement can usually find that phone. So, right. uh, you know, I, now for social media and the internet to be on the phone and uh-huh. to be able to do other stuff on the phone uh, has to be over 14. Okay. Way at 14 or above. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. So, and you really highly, you really believe about putting a tracker on your kid's car, evidently. <laughs> if your teenagers are driving, you think they, you should track their cars at all times. Um, I do, if you have the ability to do that. I mean, some states is illegal, so you can't, no matter how you want to. But mm-hmm. obviously, those being my cars that I bought, I could put trackers on them. Um, you know, it's almost like, do they know there's a tracker on or do they not? Uh, a lot of times, we like to test the trackers out, so the kids' cars would be the tester for the trackers. Mm-hmm. But I, I do I do believe in that. I really do. Um, you know, of course, you know, I never had a situation where they argued with me and said why. So, I probably don't make it known, you know, so... It's my my house, my car. I'm still mom, so it's like I just want you to stay safe. And, you know, us growing up, we didn't have that opportunity. Okay. So what kinds of things would you recommend doing, Robin, to uh, make sure that your kids are safe or, or anybody else's? When you're giving advice to people, what kinds of things would you say to do or not do? Well, I always tell them to please bring a flashlight. Everybody needs a flashlight, no matter what, because they can always use it for anything. If they need to defend themselves, you know, always have a flashlight. And a flashlight individually, not just one flashlight for five people. You know, a small little flashlight. And again, we're talking about, we're talking about specifically about Halloween. Right, specifically about Halloween. And it's good to have a flashlight for the children in their vehicles if they're driving and a flashlight wherever they're going. I, I mean, you never know when they might need it. Mm-hmm. And again, I think there needs to be at least one person in the group or somebody having a cell phone to go trick-or-treating. Okay. And, th- and then it's usually good to have a, a mapped-out area and Google Earth it before you go. I mean, I, I don't know in California. I mean, we've got a lot of foreclosures here in Georgia to the point where you know, some neighborhoods, you may just five five houses out of 20. So, you know, you can Google Earth that and Google Map that before you go out, and that really helps a lot. And then just trust your gut. If, if, if there's a situation, child or adult, you walk by something and, and your, little, your gut's just screaming at you that that's not a good situation, I don't know what's going on there, then pass mm-hmm. it up. Listen, listen to your gut, not so much mm-hmm. of your uh, heart or what you, emotions, but your gut and your gut feeling. Um, and, and this really applies at any time. If your kids are walking home from school, the same thing exists. Absolutely. I mean, if you think something is odd, 
it, it probably is, and you might need mm-hmm. to say something about it. But I do want to mention, too, please, when you go trick-or-treating, do not go into any, get near a car. Don't, like, see if the window's open. I mean, just stay far away from a car vehicle situation because people have cameras on their houses now. You know, they literally have cameras, and if you're trying to play a, tr- a prank, which you shouldn't, uh, it's going to be probably caught on film. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, always be mindful of that. Uh, okay. And always be mindful of the weather. You know, sometimes you might need a raincoat. You might need proper shoes. You know, just make sure that you're bundled up or, you know, you're you're communicating with the adults of, you know, I'm going to go two doors down. You have like a buddy situation, too. Don't go by yourself ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now, you know... Uh, we talked a, just a brief time about sex offenders earlier. There are um, various programs that you can identify the location of sex offenders in your neighborhood. Yes. Do you check that before the kids go out? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I don't know of a national one, but I know you can check locally, actually go online for free and check every single county, if not the state, for the sex registry. And in our state, if you do not tell law enforcement where you're moving to, it's a, it's a crime for every day you don't register. So, um, you know, it gets pretty stiff. We have some pretty strict rules here in my state of Georgia and Florida also. But, yes, you can check that ahead of time, and you just make sure you stay away from those houses and maybe that neighborhood. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's hard to do in these days when there's so many. Uh, actually, so what other kinds of things, Robin, um, other than Halloween, what other kinds of things would you say that you implemented or that you know about to keep children safe? Well, I've always told my children growing up to never, ever, ever go to the door. If somebody's knocking on the door, even if it's law enforcement, don't answer that door. You pick up the phone, you dial 911, and you say, I have an officer or somebody at my door, and I didn't call for an officer. People that are trying to stake out a house and want to know your routine, they're going to knock on the door and act like they're selling something. I mean, there's no reason, no good reason to go to a door for, at all. You know what, Robin? So, we need to take another quick break. So hang on to that thought, would you, please? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. That's the voice of private investigator Robin Martinelli. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. Cali's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact Cali at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. You're listening to Robin Martinelli, a private investigator from Georgia, talking about keeping children safe. And Robin, I think I almost cut you off mid-sentence, so you were just you were just about to tell us some things. Yes, um, I think one thing I had missed, and quote me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, when you're sh- when you're going to Halloween and, and you have these clothes that you're wearing, it's always good for somebody to be wearing um, the neon, uh, like the construction people wear. Mm-hmm. It's very bright. You know, right. it's very bright. Cause so, so everybody, when you're walking, you know, somebody knows that there's a group there. So that, I mean, that extremely helps a lot as far as like knowing that somebody in the group, um, everybody can see. And then uh, the thing I was talking about was knocking on the door. Meaning, I know it's Halloween night, so I guess, I guess this doesn't apply to tonight. But any other time the children are home alone or adult, it's never a good thing to go to the door because people are trying to get a schedule. They're trying to see what's inside the house. You know, the minute you open that door, I mean, there's just not a good reason to open the door. Mm-hmm. So if you open the door, I mean, I, I, I don't even talk through the door, nothing, because you know people want to understand electronics inside, what's going on inside. So, you know, to keep the children safe, it's never a good thing to open the door. And it's always a good thing to always put security around your house and to maybe put signs outside about security, regardless if you have security or not. And then you're able to have cameras around there also. But to keep the children safe in the house, you know, you don't want them to answer the phone and tell people things, but you want them to always have access to 911. And then... Always, like, maybe leave a different light on in the house. This is true. Mm-hmm. If you're just going to leave the house, you leave different lights on, leave a music radio on, and leave a TV on. Mm-hmm. So that kind of alarms people that somebody's there, and they may not, you know, intrude into the house. And I always tell people if they're not safe, the best way to keep them safe and they want to stay safe is to get a type of animal that, that they would like, preferably a dog. Cats usually aren't as intuitive, but dogs can hear, see, and smell things far more than we can, almost mm-hmm. like the, da- the danger that might be coming at 2 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, I feel like e- even if the dog is in a crate at the house and nobody's home, the dog is usually going to bark, and the person mm-hmm. intruding has no clue if the dog's out or not. Right. So, you know, that plus you don't want to leave uh, to keep your house safe and your children safe. You don't want to leave the Garmin or the GPS unit in your vehicle for fear somebody could break into your vehicle, get the electronic device and all your electronics, but also find out your routine, your banking routine, your children's routine that's in the Garmin. It's always a good thing to take the GPS and delete every address you went to. Right. That's uh, that's a really good advice. You know, so it many is. of these things are so common sense. Um, but we get so involved in our daily lives and just getting things done and getting getting places we need to be and taking care of things at home that we often forget all of these really common sense uh, ideas and rules, really. Yes. So yes, did I, I understand mean, you correctly that you don't answer the door? Was that, or are you just talking about the children not answering the door? 
Oh, I don't ever answer my door. You never ever. answer your door? No, I, I never answer my door. For I have handled too many cases where I found out the person that did something wrong had found out the person's schedule. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, how do you find out a schedule? You just knock on the door and pretend like you're selling something. Yeah, so you don't have something you can see who's standing at the door or cameras that you can see who's standing at the door when they when the doorbell rings? Uh, well, true, but I, I'm, still, I'm still trying to think of, you know, if somebody's coming to your house, you know this. I mean, you know they're coming to your house, but on a Sunday at 2 o'clock and there's a stranger knocking at your door, I mean... Mm-hmm. I can't think of a good reason, unless it's a neighbor or you know the person, to answer the door. Right. That's just been, my, that, of course, you know, I serve subpoenas, too, so right. I, just, I tell everybody not to go to the family and everything. It's <laughs> like, difficult, but, you know, to serve. But, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just good habit to get into as far as, and if it's a maintenance fan or somebody else, I mean, they'll call you. Right. I mean, You're they're coming. Per- yeah, I mean, they'll call. Sears, man, okay, you know, uh, I, you need to call me in advance. You know, my children are 14 and 16 at home, you know, and, and you don't know who they're communicating with on the computer, so they could have invited somebody over or, you know, so it's it's really, really important about the door, especially, you know, young children, you know, growing up too. So yeah. it's always a good safety, and it's and it's always good to tell somebody in your family any, anybody in your family, your codes to your computers, your Facebook, your everything. Like if you're in a remote area and you're lost or something or something happens and nobody knows how to get into your Facebook. I mean, I've had uh, clients pass away and nobody they gave nobody their passwords. Therefore, it took court orders to get into banking information quick and, you know, Facebook. I mean, so you should always tell at least one safe person your logins. The key to that is safe person. <laughs> Even yes, family person. members sometimes do bad things, you know. Oh, I agree. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, so, um, you know, there was an article recently that was uh, published regarding parents paying private I private investigators to spy on their kids. How do you feel about that? Well, my children are older now. Um, when you say spy on your kids. Um, obviously, you have a vested interest to keep your child safe. Mm-hmm. Um, spying, I think, is a harsh word. It's almost like even if you're not a private investigator and you want to keep your children safe, it wasn't like when we were growing up that, you know, maybe there's a disability. Maybe there's some issue where you need to have a tracker on the car, but you can do the phone, too. I don't think it's an invasion of privacy till after the child is out of my house. Yeah. So well, this this article says uh, the person that's being interviewed for this article, a private investigator, says mm-hmm. that um, they see one or two cases a month where the parents want the the kids, and I and I think it usually involves drugs or you know maybe uh, behavior that they're very concerned about that their child is involved in, maybe hanging around with the wrong people, you know, all kinds of things. But uh, in in that kind of a situation, what do you think of that? Well, I I also have been hired by parents uh, that don't know what the child's doing during the day, and all of a sudden they're skipping school or something. So instead of the parent getting involved in trying to stalk that situation, they hire a private investigator to go film it. The subject sub, film it that doesn't have motive of the outcome, mm-hmm. meaning the cars. You know, where is the car going? Film any transaction. You know, uh, sometimes it's a relationship 
that the child does not want to expose to the parents any type of relationship. So I know that, that at least whatever's going on, they feel better to understand how to, information is knowledge to be able to understand how to deal with the situation. So, yes, I, spying on your children, yes. Spying on adult children, probably not, unless there's an issue where you think safety, they're again drugs, or you think they're being preyed upon, or you think there's, you know, mental issues going, in, going mm-hmm. on. Abuse. So, yes, yeah. I'm, I'm hired a lot by not just parents, grandparents, caregivers, um, you know, court-appointed, what's going on with this child, children's homes. I mean, there's a lot that the private investigators do now within mm-hmm. the family to help. Yeah, yeah, wow. So mm-hmm. when you're, what would you advise um, when kids are going to be going on a, either a trip or sleepover or even just to the zoo with another family? How do you find out who that family is? And what do you do with that? Well, obviously you want to talk to the, the parent. My, what I always like to do is not really talk to them. The first visit, I always like to, to take my child over there and visit with the parents to see what type of activity they have. And you can go on 411.com and some free websites that don't cost that much between 5 and $10 and find out the background of a family and who's living mm-hmm. in the home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can Google it, you know, to see if somebody's wanted in the home um, and make sure it is a home. So always the first visit, I just wouldn't take it over the phone. I'd go meet them. And I, I respected the same thing. Of course, the squad car was there, so it's hard to do something to a house with a police officer squad car sitting there. So I guess a lot of people felt safe. But, um, yes, it's always a good good thing to meet the parent, uh, maybe do a background. It's also good to send the child uh, with a cell phone or, or something that if they get stuck, they can communicate. Um, and, you know, I don't advise children to go on other people's computers, Meaning mm-hmm. if you're going to go over there, okay, let that child be on the computer. Because if you hit something wrong and something happens and somebody thought you downloaded something, I mean, the, the whole family IP address can be accused. Meaning, where's the IP address? Oh, well, it's right. here. Well, well, we have found, you know, certain things that shouldn't be on your computer, Mr. Officer to wife. So, oh, well, I wasn't using the computer. Well, who was using the computer? So, you know, I always told my children, look, that our computer is one thing, but you go to somebody else's computer, you don't know what's there, you don't know what's on it. You know, mm-hmm. so nowadays they can just do it on their phone. But um, and, and an exit plan, usually dealing with, uh, you know, if the child wants to leave, you know, doesn't feel comfortable, what is your exit plan? Well, Mom, I'll give you a call if I don't feel comfortable, and, you know, I'll just tell you that well, you've got other plans, come pick me up. So, like, an exit plan, and always call your child right before they go to bed. And, Robin, what do you do about kids going to camp or being involved in groups like, you know, Boy Scouts, Campfire Girls, Bluebirds, you know, all of the the kinds of groups that kids join when they're growing up and they're typically in elementary school. Well, there again, you know, I never let my children go off to camps uh, without me delivering them to the camp. So we have a lot of campsites in Georgia, a lot of groups. So a lot of times I would volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, that that helped my anxiety to volunteer, not to be underneath my children's group, to be part of another group. So you can always volunteer to see how things are. But if there was a group of people that were directly above my children as far as supervisors, I would always check out their background. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's not illegal to go on the computer. I mean, maybe the camp people don't know. 
that that person is not supposed to be around children or or have they changed names or you know they're they're going through issues that they don't you know need to be there so you know there's a lot you can find out on the computer so we always did that ahead of time but it made me feel better to at least once volunteer not maybe every year of the camp but just one year to just get a sense of it mhm and mm-hmm. that just made me feel better one of the parents to volunteer the kids didn't like me volunteering that much but <laughs> You know, because uh, I coached all their teams and all that, too. But, you know, I would always want to be involved somehow with them because now they're older. And now they look back and go, you know what? I was griping about that at the time, Mom. It was pretty cool to have you there sometimes and, and Dad. And, you know, with um, fingerprints being required now for anybody that works with children, that certainly helps to a degree. And even uh, we just discovered my assistant has a first grader, and she had to have her fingerprints done just to, just to work in the classroom on a, as a volunteer. Wow. So that's, a, that's an, a nice trend, I thought, even though it was a real pain to, to get it done. <laughs> but we need to take another break, Robin. We'll be right back. Okie dokie. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. I'm back today with today's guest, Robin Martinelli. Uh, just let me say, um, before we come back with Robin, if you're interested on at, for advertising on PIs Declassified, you can contact my wonderful producer. I'm losing my voice here. My wonderful producer of this show, Sandra Rogers, at Sandra.Rogers, S-A-N-D-R-A dot Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S, and VoiceAmerica.com. So um, <clears throat> this is our last segment, Rob, Robin, and we need to... Um, uh, kind of pull it all together a little bit and wrap up. 
Can you mm-hmm. give us some uh, pointers that you think would be um, what you'd leave, want to leave our listeners with? Yes, uh, I think I covered most of the stuff, but I do want to add that um, it is always a good idea to go through your home and videotape what's in your home uh, for fear if anything happens to your home, um, you're able to track those items in local pawn shops uh, if they are taken. Yes, because we've now got a pawn uh, uh, whole section here in Georgia. And then I think we spoke about the dogs, the animal that you have, but you can look for a guard dog. And then always, um, when you have sleepovers, sleepovers at your house, the opposite sex, meaning... And what about you know, that? <laughs> well, if, I never, you know, obviously it's not a good idea to be anywhere near the bathroom of the opposite sex of the child you don't know. You do not need to sleep in the same room. You know, you might want to monitor the room, but you, you don't want to be in any way construed to, for a minor to feel uncomfortable in any way. Mm-hmm. So be mindful of the opposite sex child that you bring. Also, mindful if your child goes somewhere else, you know, make sure they know how to dial 911. Make sure they know how to communicate with an officer and they know what address they're going to. And you talk about safety plans. If all of a sudden you're in a car for three hours, you know, Sally, and she's eight years old and you're only supposed to be in the car for 30 minutes, there's probably a problem that you're going somewhere you're not supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So um, I, you know, I, th- I think your point about dialing nine one one. I think uh, I think that some parents don't think about tr- actually teaching your child how to dial nine one one and giving them pointers on when to do that as early as they can speak. Yeah, I mean, if a three year old can actually get a phone, that a lot of a lot of parents will take the phone and let them play games with their iPhone in the back. And if they're three years old, you know, yes, nine one one. Or even show them to program, you know, their parents' phone number, you know. Um, so it, it's it's really important to teach them. Also, there's cameras outside people's homes, too. So if something was to happen, most of the time somebody's caught it on camera. Um, I did mention that I did put trackers on my kids' car, but I also went through their, you know, trash and went through, uh, you know, not so much their computer, but closets and stuff for fear of anything that may be in there. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, they they weren't real happy about that, but <laughs> there again, I go back I'm to sure my mom. You know, didn't so they, didn't they just say mom? <laughs> <laughs> yes, what <are> you do. <laughs> um, yes, and you know, if your child's doing something different, all of a sudden they have hazy eyes, they're being sluggish, their pupils are large, they're <clears> missing <throat> school. I mean, you might have an issue, uh, maybe a mental issue with the child, but also the fact that they could be doing drugs, and if they are. You know, you need to sit down and give them a drug test or take them to the doctor. You know, something to that effect. But look for all these, you know, if you had a quiet child now, all of a sudden they're always angry. All of a mm-hmm. sudden they're, you know, always upset. Usually there's a problem, and if they won't tell you, you take them to a psychologist. So, um, or any type of, uh, any type of, um, you know, doctor. And then the TV. I would cut back on TV because there's a lot out there on TV after 9 o'clock on cable that is, I'm just shocked. It's pretty amazing. It is. It is. So, yeah, I mean, monitoring TV, replace some of those activities with a movie, a good movie, a walk in the park, a mentoring ship with the Boys Club, Girls Club. I mean, something else that's much more memorable because some of those things that get shown on TV are just not appropriate for appropriate ages. Well, one of the things on your list, Robin, which I thought was really significant, and, it, you know, again, it, it's... It's one of those common sense, so obvious things, but 
I want to just read it because I think it's very good. Spend time, spend quality time with your child. No TV, go see a movie, go to the zoo, ice skating, climb a mountain, go skiing, take them to a court proceeding and explain it. Enhance their future, take them to work, make them do the chore list and pay themselves or uh, open a checking account, show them how to manage the checking account, make them a volunteer on Christmas Day at a homeless shelter, which is great for a homeless shelter for children build a garden together at your house go just go to starbucks or just read and clip coupons or discuss an article or discuss an issue and all of those things what you're really saying is be involved with your children know what they're doing yes very very much so i started clipping coupons with the kids as an activity early and they thought that was the funniest and coolest thing and now my oldest will sit down at her table and clip her coupons <laughs> I mean, it's just it's so funny. I mean, I got her a I got her a, a discounted rate for the AJC, and now on Sunday she'll sit down and clip coupons because you know it, it's try it's it's an activity. What's the, that wait, you're what's to the say AJC? Fun. What's the AJC? Oh, I'm sorry, Atlanta Journal Constitution. Okay, <laughs> okay, there's a newspaper. I'm sorry, we okay. call it AJC down here, but uh, down here, like I'm like in the Keys or something. No, we're just in Georgia. But um, you know, all I can say is nowadays. You keep children electronically more safer than you would when we were 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so, no question. No question. Right, right. And, and you can check out, I mean, if there's somebody on their Facebook and you don't know who they are and you think it's odd, I mean, you can always email a, a private investigator and say, hey, I want to check out this Facebook and I'm not right. going to let my daughter or son know. It just seems odd. Mm-hmm. And by making that phone call, your gut has told you something. And it's not that expensive. I mean, you could check somebody out for less than 100 bucks with a PI. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, unless you want extensive, you know, surveillance, right? But um, that and, and and don't leave your trash out. In other words, a lot of PIs, you know, take trash. It's you know to get information. If you're going to leave trash, it should just be food and no paper items that somebody could go through your trash and develop a second ID and a checking account, all at your risk. Exactly right. And one of the things we haven't mentioned at all is the involvement with the schools. You know, a, a lot of absentee parents <clears throat> aren't that involved in the schools and go to the back-to-school night and get involved with the teacher and, and call if there's a problem and those kind of things. Stay in, you know, stay connected. Right. I mean, a lot of us PIs can go volunteer a career day as a private investigator to the class. I, I wouldn't care if they were kindergarten or a college age. I mm-hmm. can't tell you how many career, career days I did. And, and to put a seed in that child's mind of, wow, this is what PIs really do. Right. So it, ne- it never hurts to volunteer that way or speak to big groups. So, yeah, I think we have to grow closer to our kids and not just assume electronics and school systems going to raise our children. You know, another thing that you mentioned that I, I just want to bring up, you were talking about checking their rooms and checking their closets and, and under their bed and in their drawers and all that, but uh, also check the their backpacks that they take to school. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's your, it's your comfort level. If you feel comfortable going in your child's book bag, uh, I would do it. If you don't, that's your prerogative, but sometimes there's things in book bags that you're never going to find out again. So, you know, there again, you're living in my house. I'm mom. So I want right. to know what's going on, you know. So sometimes fear is good sometimes. Yeah, yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. Anything else you can think of that would be important or, or we have, to have we covered uh, all I, of I it? Think, 
I think we, we covered most everything. Um, there's, there's just a little trend that's going around. I want everybody to know that sometimes when you get an advertisement on your phone, it's not necessarily an advertisement. It could be somebody right. trying to find you. So I never click on anything that comes on my phone. I do not click on it. Okay. I, oh, I, I don't even, yeah, I don't even delete it because by deleting it, you know, I always just shut the phone off and I don't, and I reset my phone and everything every three months. Okay, well, we're at the end of the show, Robin. Thank you so much. Um, you're a delightful Thanks. guest. Let me just say that uh, guests for the upcoming week, Mark Murnan, Investigating Sexual Assault Cases, Lynn Peterson, What Do You Know About the People You Hire, and Canadian Attorney Norman Groot. Tune in again next week as we declassify more real stories from real investigators. It's PIs Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in, Robin. Thank you. You've been listening to P.I.'s Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.